Colossians chapter 1, verse 25, whereof I, may, I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Now Paul's talking here, writing here, that he is a minister, and he was made a minister, and he was made a minister by God, and God's given this dispensation for him to do this. And he says, he's, uh, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. And it's, the word of God is, it wants us to preach. And he wants, uh, the word of God commands us to preach. In verse 26, even the mystery, there's a mystery going on here, which has been his hid from ages and from generations but now is made manifest to his saints. There was a mystery that now is made manifest to us. And what's that? Look at verse 27. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So that mystery, it's a mystery that Jesus Christ is now living in us through the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is in us, and that's Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's where you got your hope. If you ever, if you ever walk along and you start thinking about heaven, you start thinking these thoughts like, well, I'm glad I'm going to heaven. I'm glad I got Jesus Christ. I'm glad I'm, the, the, that kind of peace you have, that's Jesus Christ in you. That's the hope of glory. That's a mystery. It's hard to describe that Jesus Christ is in Brother Raymond, but he's in me. He's in Carolyn. He's in me. He's, he's in all of us that believe and have received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, which is Christ in you. He is in you. But look at verse 28. Whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man Perfect in Christ Jesus. Amen. He's there to preach. Paul says we should be preaching. And that's what I want to focus on this morning. Whom we preach. See there in verse 25, whom we preach. Verse 28, Paul wants to point out something to you this morning. Whom we preach. Paul didn't say whom I preach. He said whom we preach. Brothers and sisters, you need to be preaching. Not just me, not just Paul, we preach. Amen. It's your job to preach, whom we preach. Not just Paul, but it's your duty. It's every Christian's duty to preach. Whom we preach, who do we preach? Jesus Christ. Amen. We preach Jesus Christ. We preach Jesus Christ, the hope of glory, Jesus Christ in you. We preach Jesus Christ. We do not preach politics. Amen. We're not preaching politics. We're not preaching social programs. We're not preaching psychology. We're not, we're not preaching philosophy. We're not preaching marriage sermons. We're preaching Jesus Christ. We're, our job as a Christian is, we need to put some of this stuff to the side that we get caught up in, in Christian, we get, as Christians sometimes we get caught up in politics and we get caught up in some of these side issues that really we should be focusing on Jesus Christ. We need to be focused on preaching Jesus Christ. And people say, well, what about abortion? Yeah, I admit abortion's a problem. What about all this drinking and rebel rousing and all the, the whorehouses and all this stuff going on in the world? Yeah, there's problems going on in the world. We need to preach Jesus Christ. Amen. I can take every abortion clinic in Outlaw. Amen. 
And some of y'all, oh, praise the Lord. If, they was, if we were to get some law in there and they were to close every abortion clinic in America, man, I know there'd be Christians there would be shouting and singing and running in the streets. Guys, they'd still be doing abortions in the alleys. They'd be doing them in the, in the back doors, in the back rooms. They'd still be doing abortions. When Jesus Christ walked this earth, Jesus Christ wasn't going in and shutting down whorehouses. Show me the verses where he was doing that. The only thing you've seen Jesus Christ doing, he was going into the churches and cleaning up what belonged to him. But when it came to the whorehouses, to the rebel rousing, to the probably there were some houses of homosexuality that were in that time. Jesus, you don't find where Jesus Christ was going in there, burning them down and pushing the walls down. What Jesus Christ did is he went and he preached to people. Amen. Listen, if we preach Jesus Christ to these people, it'll change their lives and they won't be going to the abortion clinics. Listen to me. We can close down the abortion clinics. They're still going to be down in the alleys. But if we can preach to the people that are going to the abortion clinics, they'll close themselves down. There'll be no need to close abortion clinics because there'll be no need for abortion clinics. They'll open up and they'll be saying, we've been here for two weeks and nobody's shown in, up in here. Because people's lives have been changed because we've preached to them about Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ that's going to change lives. We preach Jesus Christ. That's why we need to stop focusing on preaching politics and social programs and marriage seminars. Jesus Christ will change lives. Jesus Christ will change marriages. Jesus Christ will heal up the drunkards. Jesus Christ will heal up the sinners. We have all these social programs and seminars and let's get together and talk about our problems. Let's get together and preach Jesus. What the world needs is Jesus preached more. It's Jesus Christ I give the glory to for changing my life. I, didn't, I wasn't in some kind of seminar sitting around and somebody was talking about, now Keegan, you can be a better person if you do this and that. And I've heard that stuff. Man, I was in, going through, it was middle school, and I had an English teacher, and I didn't like this English teacher. And she would force us to listen to Zig Ziglar. And I heard some of y'all laugh out there. Zig Ziglar, I think he was a fine Christian man, and he, and he, but he was kind of like that positive, you can do it, I think I can, I think I can. And it was Zig Ziglar this and Zig Ziglar that. And you know what You know what I can tell you about Keegan Hall? He was still a rotten, sorry, no good sinner, and I was listening to Zig Ziglar five times a week in that English class. But when this sinner, wicked, got a hold of Jesus Christ, I was a different Keegan. Zig Ziglar never made me change my life. These, these people, you're going to these seminars, guys, what you need to do, and I'm not saying they're all bad, but guys, we need to focus on Jesus Christ. First and foremost, get into a church or get somewhere and listen to Jesus Christ get preached. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to change you through Jesus Christ. That's who we preach. And if we can preach Jesus Christ, we can change people's lives. A lot of this nonsense in the world will go away. You know, we get Christians, aren't you not, are you not tired of turning on the TV and the news media and seeing how the news media treats us and how the news media thinks and the way, and you're like, how are these people that stupid? We, I could have, and, and a lot of us, we just want to destroy them, right? Like, 
We, we turn on the news and we see them promoting what they're promoting. We're wishing that God would just send a bolt of lightning down, distract that news station, and the whole building would blow up and praise the Lord. I mean, if CNN was to go off the air, there'd be hallelujahs all over America from Christians. We don't need to blow up CNN. We don't need CNN to go off the air. We need those people that are in CNN to hear Jesus Christ preached. And we can change their life. Whom we preach, and that's Jesus Christ, and I want to focus this morning on this. Warning, warning every man. Warning every man. You know what we're not doing as preachers? And we're all preachers. I just established that. We're not doing a good job of warning people. We're not doing a good enough job of warning people. And we're supposed to be warning every man. Every man. That's every friend. Every relative, every co-worker, every person you come in contact with, we need to be warning them. We need to be warning them. And some of us are caught up in the, we see people and we see, uh, we, we might, even if we, let's say we have a gospel track and we're going to give a gospel track out and we see somebody and they, we, we see them come out of Walmart and they got a suit on or a tie and they're really dressed up really, really nice. And in our mind we think, well, they don't need the gospel. And we kind of walk past them when we see somebody and they're in rags and they're dirty and we're saying, well, that person, they need the gospel. My friend, they all need the gospel. The rich and the poor. That man that is in the suit and tie, he's going to go to hell without Jesus Christ just like that beggar. And we need to keep that in mind. That doctor that you're going to see, that doctor that has all the wisdom that God's given him, he's going to go to hell without Jesus Christ just as much as a beggar is. Amen. The people that you respect, the presidents, the, so, the, uh, the mayor, the city councilman, it don't matter. They, re we should respect them. But as souls without Jesus Christ, they're going to go to the same devil's hell as any other beggar or drunkard. Amen. And we need to keep that in mind. And we forget that warning every, he says, every man we're warning. Here's the question. What are we warning of? Of what? What are we warning them of? Judgment is coming and hell is waiting. Judgment is coming and hell is waiting. There's a warning. And don't, you know, we're living in a society. Everything's got a warning on it. You know, you, pick, you can't pick up nothing that they're warning. This causes, this causes breast cancer. Warning, this causes pregnant rats in California to vote for Hillary. Warning, you know, there's this all kinds of warnings of every kind. Of, every time I come home, I, my, come home, my wife's warning me. Uh, you, uh, you, you, you drink out of this water here. It's in plastic. You'll get, it leaches into the water. And uh, there's something all the time that she's warning me of. And, and I'm not saying she's not right, but it's, it's just every time, there's a, and I get sick of it. You, you can't do nothing. You, know, you, uh, you, you open up this doorknob. You better have your, you better have your rag on there. You, you'll get germs off that doorknob. I'm warning you. You're going to get germs. You better, there's a warning on everything. You, after you, you better throw that away. You better not keep that rag. You touch that doorknob. You know, there's a warning about everything. And we're forgetting to warn people about Jesus Christ that there's a devil's hell coming for him, that judgment is waiting. I mean, judgment is coming and hell is waiting. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, as it is appointed unto men once to die, but then the judgment. Judgment is coming. Every soul needs to be warned that judgment is coming. And we forget that. We forget we need to warn them. And hell is waiting. It's not just that you're going to stand before God as a judge, 
But hell is waiting for you. Hell is real. And hell is waiting for you. Then shall he say, Jesus Christ said, then, he, then shall he say also to them on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. That's Jesus Christ's own words. That's Matthew chapter 25. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 46, he said, And these, Jesus Christ's own words, and these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. He warned of everlasting punishment first. Then he talked about eternal life. We need to be warning people that there's a hell waiting on them. We need to be warning people. But are we doing it? We tend, to be, we tend to love to tell people, hey, there's some good news. Jesus Christ will save you. But what is he saving you from? We're saved, amen, and I'm, I'm thanking the Lord I'm saved. But I'm not saved to heaven. I'm saved from a devil's hell. I'm saved from my own sins. I'm saved from hell. I'm saved from that judgment that God had waiting on me. And we need to focus on that. When we tell him, we need to warn. It's a warning. Notice Paul says here, and look with me, verse 28, whom we preach, warning every man. He doesn't say, whom we preach, we're giving the good news to every man. He says, no, we're warning every man. We forget that it, the, the gospel message is a warning first, and then it's the good news. It's a warning first. It's a hell is coming first. There's a judgment coming. There's a warning that hell is coming. But when we see souls, we don't see souls that are going to hell. We just see souls walking along and we forget that God has got His hand on every soul you see in Walmart, every soul you see at the grocery store, every soul you see pass you on the road. They're either going to heaven or hell. And I'm here to tell you this morning that most of them, the majority of them are going to hell. But is it real to you? Is it real enough that you're going to warn people that they're going to hell? Judgment is coming and hell is waiting. It's a simple message. Without Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you're going to hell. It's a simple message. But we like to tell people, when you need Jesus Christ, have you received Jesus Christ? We need to tell people there's a hell waiting on you without Jesus Christ. The reason why I'm giving you Jesus Christ, the reason why I'm throwing you Jesus, you're out, on the, you're out on the sea and you're sinking and you're drowning and Jesus Christ is your life vest and you need that life vest, aren't you? You need to be drugged back into the boat so you can go on to heaven because if you don't, you're going to drown and go to hell. You're judged already. You're going to hell. It's not if you might go to hell. You will go to hell without Jesus Christ. That's as positive as I can give it to you. That's as straight as I can give it to you. And the world hates that message. Amen. The world hates that message. And that's the message that Jesus Christ wants us to get out. That's the message Paul says. That's whom we preach. Warning every man. Warning every man. We warn everybody. God's judgment is coming and hell is waiting. And we've gotten away from that as Christians. We've gotten into this comfortable zone in our life where we're just, we're, you know, Jesus has saved us and we're okay and everything's all right. And we're forgetting God got a plan for us. And God says, you know what? I want you to get out there. Father says, I want you to get out there and warn people. Warn every man. John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We all know that verse. That's a great verse. But in 3.18, in 3.18, Jesus Christ, the same chapter, two verses later says, He that believeth on him is not condemned. Amen. 
That's me. And I, I believe on Jesus Christ, I'm not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son. Amen. That's a strong message. That's a warning. You either believe on me and you're not condemned, and if you believe not, you're condemned already. Judgment's waiting. Judgment's coming, and hell is waiting. Hell is coming. For so many people that we know, hell is their final destination. And we need to, make that, we need to get that real in our life. We need to stop messing around, dilly-dagging around and saying, well, you know, when I get a chance, I'll try to tell them and I'll invite them to church. We need to say, you know what? Hell is coming for them. Amen. You need to get that real in your mind. Hell is what's their final destination. Just like, listen, Christian, you know in your heart, and I couldn't talk it out of you if I tried, that heaven is your destination. And I praise the Lord that I can't talk that out of you. I praise the Lord that you have that faith. But guys, you got to have the same faith that just like heaven is my destination, hell is their destination. And you shouldn't be happy about that. That's not going to make anybody in this room comfortable. That doesn't make anybody in this room comfortable. Nobody in this room is saying, well, praise the Lord, they're going to hell. No, that brings a somber note to you. That, that should humble you down and make you realize, i got to do something. When I went out street preaching with Brother Chad Reese, some of y'all were in here and Brother Chad Reese came through and me and Brother Chad Reese were out street preaching and this guy came by and I heard Brother Chad was dealing with him out there on the street and that guy said, well, why are you telling me all this? And Chad Reese said, let me tell you something. It's like you're sitting on the second floor of a building and I'm seeing you up on that second floor of that building and on the first floor I see a raging fire. Wouldn't it be my duty to yell out, hey, there's a fire Wait, hey, there's a fire under, get out of there. And that guy's face got so somber and he goes, yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing right now. I'm telling you there's a fire underneath you and you're about to burn. But we don't, we don't grasp it. Heaven is so real to us and it should be Christian. I'm not talking you out of your, I'm not talking you not to grab a hold of heaven. Praise the Lord for heaven. But you need to grab a hold of hell and realize, man, I can smell it. And I don't want my loved ones to go. I don't want my friends. I don't want my coworkers. I don't want that one I see at the grocery store. I wouldn't want my worst enemy to go there. You know, bro, old brother Alvin broke his leg sitting in there. I'm going to enjoy this, brother Keegan. I'm going to go to the nursing home and get to play dominoes and hang out with some people. I'm going to enjoy this because if I was at home, you know what? You know, y'all know what he he said to me now. Middle of the night. Oh, I'm hurting. Oh, get me out of here. Middle of the night, waking me. Oh, I got I'm in pain. I'm in pain. He told me I wouldn't wish wish, wish this on my worst enemy. But we forget about hell. And what's so sad is not our worst enemies going there. Sometimes it's our loved ones. It's our aunt, it's an uncle, it's a nephew, it's a niece, it's a granddaughter, it's a grandson, it's a, it's a co-worker, it's, it's a good friend. And they're bound and heading straight to a devil's hell with no hope. And you're not warning them. And Paul says, whom we preach, warning, warning every man. Guys, we should be warning people even when they're list not listening to us and they're laughing at us. 
We should be warning people when they're not listening to us and they're laughing at us. If a man was up on that second story like Brother Chad was saying and the fire was burning and they looked at you and they were up there and you could see them partying and they're dancing and they got a beer in their hand and, and they're up there. You can see them in the window and then they happen to notice you and they come over and they open up the door. I mean, open up the window and you say, hey, there's a fire. Watch out, man. You need to get out of there. There's a fire. And oh, there's no fire. You're just, you're, look at that poor. You wouldn't stop yelling fire. You would not stop yelling fire. Even if they were laughing and scoffing at you. I hope you wouldn't. How many of us would say, well, they're not listening. Let's go. No, no, I don't think so. I know y'all's hearts. Y'all would scream even louder than you did before. There's a fire. Oh, God. Listen to me. There's a fire. Oh, just that stupid preacher. He don't know what. There's a fire. And you're about to be burned up in a devil's hair. Whom we preach warning every man. Even if they're laughing, even if they're not listening to us. You know, we, as under Brother Packer preaching the other day, and it reminded me of a story he used to tell. Oh, Brother Packer, man, he has a million stories. He was telling a story of Freda Day. There's a girl who lives in Brownwood, and I know her uh, pretty decently. And she was out there at his house, and a, a thunderstorm rolled up, and it come out and it knocked out some of the lights there at the house. And he, she was ready to leave. And he lives way out in the country like a lot of y'all. And he lives up, and there's a four-foot drop, like stairs you walk down, four-foot. And Brother Packer was walking around to the house, and he said, I was walking down those steps, and I stepped in something like cow poop, and it rolled around my leg. And I realized that's not cow poop. And Brother Packer said, I jumped up like that, and I heard it go. <laughs> and Fred Day was at the top of those stairs, and if you know Brother Packer, he does nothing but kid all the time. Brother Packer, that's all he does is kid with somebody and joke around and make fun of somebody. And he said, Freda, don't come down here. There's some rattlesnake right down here. Freda, don't. I don't believe you. And she stepped right off in there and walked right in between that rattlesnake. The whole time, she, he's like, no, no, don't come down here. I don't believe you. And she walked right down in there, head held, head held high. And by the grace of God, she didn't get bit. I said whenever they... Finally got the lights turned back on. There were two rattlesnakes down there. And I called Brother Packer up yesterday morning. I said, Brother Packer, I remember you preaching that story about Fred today. And he told me the story again, the one I'm telling you right now. And he goes, you know what, Keegan? He says, somewhere around this house. He goes, I got a picture of me standing. I've got both of those rattlesnakes and I'm just holding my hands as high as I can. And their tails are still dragging the ground. He warned her. But she wouldn't believe. She scoffed and she laughed. You know why she didn't believe it? She didn't hear it and she couldn't see it. They're not believing you because they can't see hell. Until you show me hell, until you, I won't believe it. And they're walking right through. And they're walking right down into the pits of hell. Keep on warning them though, amen? Hey, that's our job. Amen. It's our job to keep warning them. Listen, if we don't warn them, who will? Amen. That's the scary part about it. Amen. 
You've got friends, you've got relatives, you've got coworkers, you've got people you're meeting in Walmart, and nobody is warning them that hell is coming. Nobody's warning them. Oh, they might get a story about Jesus Christ. They might get a story that Jesus Christ walked on the earth and healed some. They might hear a little bit about Jesus Christ, but nobody looks them in the face and says, hell is waiting on you. Judgment is coming and hell is waiting. And I'm going to give you some verses that Jesus Christ warned you about. We should be scared we should be warning them. We should be telling them that hell is coming. Why don't we warn people? But why aren't we warning them? I was going to hell without Jesus Christ. And if it wasn't for Jesus Christ, I'd be going straight down into hell just like you. Amen. Warning every man. Listen, I know some of y'all are shy. I know it. I, you know, I can be that way too, believe it or not. My wife is, is really, she's, y'all know her, she's really, really quiet. But you can do something with the gospel track. Amen. You can do something with the gospel track. You know, before they dropped the bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, they dropped five million sheets of leaflets on the Japanese people. This is what it read. Read this carefully, as it may save your life or the life of a relative or friend. In the next few days, some or all of the cities named on the reverse side will be destroyed by American bombs. These cities contain military installations and workshops or factories which produce military goods. We are determined to destroy all of the tools of the military clique which they are using to prolong this useless war. But unfortunately, bombs have no eyes. Everybody without Jesus Christ needs to be warned that they're going to hell. Amen. The bombs have no eyes. Hell is not particular. Hell is going to bring everybody into her that doesn't have Jesus Christ. So in accordance with, the, with America's humanitarian policies, the American Air Force, which does not wish to injure innocent people, now gives you warning to evacuate the cities named and save your lives. That's what every gospel track we give out does. It warns somebody that they need Jesus Christ or they're doomed and damned to a devil's hell. It's not a popular message. It's not a popular message to preach hell. It's not popular, but it's a warning that needs to be given. You realize, I know I've said this, but you realize that every person you know that doesn't know Jesus Christ as Lord, Lord and Savior, they're going to hell. And every person you can think of, if you're thinking of them and you, and you say, well, I don't know if they're saved. Why don't you know if they're saved? Why don't you know if they're saved or not? Listen, if, if, the, if the U.S. government was to give out the memo and say, yeah, we got some good news, we cured cancer. You just need to come down and get this shot. Cancer's cured. No side effects. You'll never get cancer. Guaranteed. Would you go down and get that shot? I think most of us would. Amen? Amen. If we knew it would, no, no cancer, don't have to ever worry about cancer. 
Now, would you be sitting at home saying, I wonder if my kids got that shot? Well, I think you would be making the call. I got a question for you. Yeah, Mama? You got, went down and got your shot? I got a question for you. Do you know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior? I need to know. Because if you don't, you're doomed and damned to a devil's hell. Sometimes we need to be just that bold. Paul says, I'm warning every man. That's the way Paul did it. That's the way we should be doing it. You might not warn them because you might be afraid they're going to get offended. Amen? That's why we don't... A lot of times we don't warn them because we're afraid they're going to get offended. They feel offended because they don't believe the warning. Right? They're feeling offended because they don't believe the warning. But just because you don't believe something doesn't make it any less true. You can be offended, say, well, I'm offended, I don't believe in that. Well, I mean, I don't care if you believe in it or not, it's true. Like I told that kid I was riding with the other day, I said, all sincerity without the truth is still a lie. You can be the most sincere person in the world, I just sincerely don't believe in that. Well, you're sincerely wrong. Because it's still the truth. You're offended because you just don't believe the warning. I believe the warning. I believe there's a fire on that first floor. And you can be on that second floor and you can say, well, I'm getting offended. You're, you're waking me up. I'm in the house trying to get some sleep. Leave me alone. You don't understand there's a fire. But I'm in here trying to, you're offending me. You're making my kids feel uncomfortable. You don't understand there's a fire. Well, I feel offended. Well, get offended. But you're going to burn. I praise the Lord Jesus Christ that somebody had the guts to offend me. Amen. And say, Keegan, without Jesus Christ, judgment's coming and hell's waiting. And they weren't afraid to offend me. I praise the Lord for that. And some of y'all, y'all need to be thanking the Lord for somebody who wasn't afraid to offend you. Brother Joker had that preacher that was next to the... What was that preacher's name, brother? The brother, sister, sister and brother? Riley. They weren't, they weren't afraid to go over there and ask, hey, you want to come over and pray with us? You want to come over and do a Bible study? They, were, they weren't afraid to offend him. He could have got offended. Amen. Joker's a mean dude. He could have got offended at him. But they weren't afraid to offend him. And he, 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 thinks, he tells me all the time, I'm thankful that they come over there. We, and he talks about how good a time he had with them. Guys, I praise the Lord Jesus Christ that somebody had the guts to offend me and tell me there was a fire under me. And tell me the good news, there's a fire escape and his name is Jesus Christ. And I'm thankful for the fire escape. I'm so very thankful. Whom we preach warning every man. But if they ever realize the truth of the warning they will, and heed it, they will be thankful. I know we're going to offend some people. They're, they're, you, Jesus Christ offended so many people, they killed him and put him on a cross. You're going to offend somebody. But there's going to be some people that they're going to hear the message. And they're going to thank you. 
What's it going to be like when we get into heaven? And we all believe in heaven, amen. amen. And we're walking on those streets of gold and the beautiful, oh, it's, it's, it, our eyes not seen, ears not heard. We're going to be shouting in glory and all the beautiful scenery and all our loved ones are up there. And you're going to be sitting up there and you're going to be praising the Lord. And you're going to be just, oh, this is so wonderful. And there's gonna, you're going to see somebody walking towards you. And here they come and they're making their way through the crowd. And you're like, well, I wonder who that is. I don't I don't know who that is. And they're going to come through the crowd and they're going to come up to them and they'll say, hey, I need to tell you something. Isn't this wonderful? And you're going to say, yeah, this is wonderful. This is great. They're going to say, you don't know who I am, but you left the gospel track. And I read that gospel track and I'm saved and I want to thank you for leaving me, giving me that gospel track. Guys, you might have given a gospel track to somebody and you, they took it from you and they gave you the dirtiest look. But you don't know how the Lord might have used that. They might, have, they might have been offended at first. But now today they might be thanking you. And when we get into heaven, oh, how many people do we have to thank? Preachers, Sunday school teachers, loved ones, grandmas, granddads that told us about Jesus Christ. I just want to thank you. I'm only up here because you had the guts to tell me about this place and to warn me about hell. I'm so thankful that there's Christians that had the guts to tell us. We need to have the guts. Whom we preach, Jesus Christ, warning, warning every man. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you, Father, that somebody had the guts to warn me about Jesus Christ, about hell, Lord, and to tell me about Jesus Christ. And Father, I just pray, Lord God, to give us the courage to tell people our loved ones, our co-workers, anybody that might be around us, our acquaintance, anybody we might run into at the grocery store, Lord God, to warn them that there is a hell coming, there's judgment coming and hell's waiting and that they need Jesus Christ, Lord. And we thank you, Father, that even though you're telling us to warn people, we've got the good news of Jesus Christ. And we've got the best news they could ever hear that they've got a way out. No doubt. This isn't just maybe they can get away from hell. They will escape hell with Jesus Christ. And we thank you for that promise, Lord, that we can give them the good news that there is an escape, a great escape. And it's true and it's sure. And we thank you, Lord God. And Father, I ask you to give us the courage and the will and the ability to warn people about hell and to let them know, Lord God, that hell is coming. And Father, we want to thank you, Father, for the health. Be able to get up in the morning, Lord God, and we give you the honor and glory for the health that we're able to get up here to this church, Lord God, and we want to use it. Use our health you've given us, Lord God, to proclaim your good news and to warn people about judgments coming and hell's waiting. Lord, if there's somebody who needs the sound of my voice that doesn't know for sure if they're going to heaven or hell, Lord God, Father, I pray as we give this invitation, they'll come on down, let me open up a Bible and show them, Lord God, that they can be sure before they leave these doors, Lord God, that they have eternal life and they can escape the damnation of hell. And I'm praying all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing, because I bowed my head, knowing I'm a sinner, and asked him to save me, and he did. 
and I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now, we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your care upon him.